Welcome to Podcast Pastor. My name is Hayden Pyle, and my goal is to challenge every listener to reconsider the essence of Christianity. You can find Podcast Pastor on Twitter and Instagram, and if you give those platforms a follow, you'll get access to exclusive content, updates for new episodes, and quick summaries of past episodes that usually have a memorable quote. Be prepared to walk away with more questions than answers, and let us begin this episode's discussion. I must say, since I've returned from Michigan about two weeks ago, life has been pretty eventful. For those who have been listening consistently, you may have noticed that I try to post content every two Mondays or so, but when life gets busy, life gets busy. This episode is pretty unique, though, because today I have a guest joining me on this episode, I'd like to introduce you to a friend of mine from church. We've been on some wild trips together, made some great music that'll be featured on the show, and we've been friends since high school. So without further ado, here she is, Milana Hainline. Hi. Thanks, Hayden. Yeah. So, Milana, this episode is all about creative approaches to worship, and I think what would be helpful for our audience is just a little bit of background. We both have shared interests in music. We've gone different directions, but can you just share a little bit about yourself, your musical story? Like what got you into music? How about worship, music activities you've been involved in, things like that? Yeah. So I think music in general has just been a part of my life just ever since I was little. Um, My grandparents used to be on this Branson show so they toured singing around Branson Mm -hmm. so my mom like basically grew up in a sound booth um Mm -hmm. and so because of that I was so used to hearing all of my grandparents sing Mm -hmm. like all of them sing all the time um I would hear my mom you know sing little harmonies while we were at church and I was like oh my gosh that sounds so good and so Mm -hmm. I'd try to mimic that um and so the more that I kind of started doing that um my family kind of realized like, well, you know, maybe Milana should do music and we should just <laughs> yeah. let her do that. Because mm-hmm. um, at first I was for sure I was going to be a like little sports girl, but <laughs> my sister was and that just did not really stick with me. So mm-hmm. um, music was it was the first thing that my parents suggested and mm-hmm. it just I just took off with it. Yeah. I loved it. Yeah. Um, I started doing like this touring children's choir when I was little. And then whenever I got into like middle school through high school, I was doing theater. So I am, I am a theater kid. (laughs) All those stereotypes of theater is true. I know them all. But, but yeah, like that's where I really discovered this love for music and not only music in general, but what that can convey because Mm -hmm. especially Mm -hmm. in in theater in general, whenever you are, or singing a song, it's because the emotions are really powerful, so you sing. Um, so I I just fell in love with that. Um, I was doing classical competition piano for years. Woo, um, yeah. Years and That's years and language. years. Yeah, yeah, loved that so much. Um, and then I had to stop when I got into high school because my schedule was just becoming a little bit bogged down, and mm-hmm. I was really, really excited about pursuing theater. In fact, I was planning on pursuing theater in into college as well but um Mm -hmm. sometimes the lord really works on your hearts in other ways and i just didn't feel like that was where i was supposed to be um but yeah as far as worship music i became friends in high school with a guy named drew mcdonald um he is now a youth pastor in the area and we kind of just started writing music together for fun and it was, Mm -hmm. it was worship music. And the next thing you know, we were running an event at the middle school and high school in our local area. And the next thing you know, from that, we were singing songs that we wrote at this church and that was so eye opening. Wow. It is Mm -hmm. another, um, it's just another level when people are singing to the Lord and worshiping the Lord. And it's, it's you that was able to be like that vessel Mm, mm -hmm. and it was so moving. And so Mm -hmm. I became addicted to that. (laughs) And so I don't know, I I started writing my own music from there. And it it was interesting because it didn't matter what I would write. I would try to write about 
any anything and everything i would try mm-hmm. to write about my feelings i would try to write about my day and it just nothing sounded good if it was not about the lord wow and it was so intriguing and i would get mad about it at first because i was <laughs> i was like i want you know i want to do what all the other girls and guys in music can do i want to be able to write about my own feelings and mm-hmm. write about hard times and good times and it's like i can write about my own feelings and hard times and good times but i can do it from a godly perspective that wow. honors the lord and Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's kind of my story and how mm-hmm. it got me here. Yeah, thanks for, for sharing that with us today. Um, I'll go into a little bit of mine. I think my musical story also from a very young age, maybe even conception, um, I was saturated with Mozart while in the womb. <laughs> um, the era of baby Mozart, baby Einstein, baby Shakespeare, I was one of those kids. Oh my gosh. Um, I, I figured out from a very young age how to rewind the VCR so I could play <laughs> baby Mozart on repeat all the time. Oh my gosh. Um, so that that's a little bit about me and probably why I'm the biggest classical music nerd you will ever meet. But, you know, I danced to Beethoven while learning the ABCs. Piano has been an instrument... I think one of the earliest memories that I have or that my grandparents have is me sitting at the piano at two and figuring out the melody to happy wow. birthday one one finger at a time. And it was it was not in rhythm at all, but it was just enough where heads were turning in the living room. They're like, who is playing the piano? Yeah. <laughs> so one of those moments, uh, piano has been with me for a very, very long time. Um, I started taking lessons about 17 years ago. Um, I've been in band and choir ever since middle school. I picked up playing the organ while in college in 2020. I've done some conducting and composing since high school. But in particular, I think where, where Milana's story and mine kind of intersect in a way is we also... At Northside Christian Church, we did join the worship team. Yeah. And I noticed, I was there before Milana, but I noticed that on stage there was not a piano. And quite frankly, I had a problem with that. Yeah. <laughs> and so I talked to the, the worship leader at the time and have been playing since about the seventh grade. But another story that really kickstarted, okay, this is what I want to do with my music. I want to fuse faith and music together like for a purpose. Like music in church doing worship on Sunday morning was great. I loved doing that. Um, but to to really become independent right. with that was was important to me. And that happened in the summer after I graduated high school. I went to Phoenix, Arizona to spend some time with my family that started a church out in the area. Spent about two weeks with them and the sights that I saw in Phoenix, like how creative God is. You know, you have the the towering saguaro cactus, you know, 40, 50 feet high, just huge plants. And the gorgeous colors of the Grand Canyon at dusk, like it was magnificent, awe-inspiring moments and perhaps in a less uh, reverent way another awe-inspiring moment was seeing a goodwill that was bigger than the walmart supercenter across the street yes yes it was amazing and as one does i was on a mission to find books classical music records and other assorted treasures you know some people may not call them treasures but i do and it seems that milana you were on board with the thrift shopping. I Yes, I absolutely <laughs> love it, yeah. Yes. So on this particular trip, I found something that should probably, probably be in a museum. It is a Catholic manual of prayers and liturgy from the year 1899. Oh my gosh. So here, Milana, you can just take a look at it. It's... Don't want to break. No, it, it's all right. There are some newspaper clippings in there from the early 1900s. <gasps> of obituaries of the people who owned it like the parents before and there's some handwritten notes of the family's histories of like their confirmations and baptisms in the back of the little book and throughout the entire thing you know there's the side-by-side latin and english translation of what 
what is being said in mass and in daily prayers and so on and so forth. And interestingly enough, it wasn't really until the 1970s that Catholic services began to be held in other languages besides Latin. So a book like this was pretty invaluable to, yeah. to the common Catholic follower to be able to see, okay, this is what's being said in church week to week. And now I can see, whoa, this is like, this means something to me now. And we all can, we all are guilty of going through the motions at right. times uh, when it comes to worship or daily devos. But this, this book in particular, I mean, it's not Holy Scripture, but it's rich in descriptive language that, that gives praises to God. And for many centuries, you know, you have the ordinary mass, you have the requiem, which many, many people have used for funeral services. That was that text. That was the worship text mm -hmm. of the Christian faith. The greatest composers of, I would say, all time, but in particularly like classical music, they would use those texts found in a book like this and set it to music, whether, you know, they'd grind it out week after week for each church service or when the occasion called for it, like a coronation of royalty or the, the funeral of a priest. Mm -hmm. And in my mind, that's such a unique approach to creating worship music because the text is static. The text is already predetermined. It stays the same. But the music can change the whole mood of a text. Right. And the composer's style comes through the the purely musical component rather than the lyrical component. And I would argue that the Latin text that the composer chooses is supplementary mm -hmm. to the music, meant to enhance and intensify the, the instrumental part. Whereas in today's approach, in creating worship music, it's the other way around. Right. The music is supplementary to the lyrics. The music enhances and intensifies the lyrics. So, Milana, what are your thoughts on that distinction between lyrics and music? And as a follow-up, how do you approach your works of, of worship? Yeah, yeah. So, you're definitely right. Like, that's something that I don't think we pay attention to often now is that like really we, we've we've decided a lot of times in in music and it doesn't even have to be specifically christian music mm -hmm. just mm -hmm. music in general but mm -hmm. um it seems that the the music underneath is there but then you're right the lyrics are what everyone's like oh my gosh yes but mm -hmm. that that music is so important and i think that's why um whenever i am able to sit with people that are actually really passionate about music they are able to not only listen to it once and then hear the lyrics but then they're able to listen to it again and begin to go oh my gosh that guitar sounds amazing mm. like i love that line that the guitar is mm -hmm. doing mm -hmm. or like i really like that that um like the rhythm pattern that the drums are doing mm -hmm. and to be able to pinpoint those little tiny things that's something that as a society we just lack like we we don't do that anymore mm -hmm. and so how amazing is it if you sit down and listen to that in a song? Um, but I will say, I think before I, I go into my own approach, mm -hmm. I think a lot of artists, not every artist, but I do think a lot of artists are trying to make the lyrics just as important as the music that's, that's there as well. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes mm -hmm. the listener has trouble catching that mm. but whenever i've created um the songs that i've recorded so far um when i sit down with my producer and we're we're working on those songs there's so many layers of instruments yes and and mm -hmm. lines and rhythms and sounds and harmonies that go into that besides the lyrics like the lyrics it's just one part, mm -hmm. but then you look at all of those layers and you go, wow, like without this one little thing, if I take that away, the song sounds completely different. Yeah. And who knows, like maybe that is the thing that really creates an emotion in the listener. Mm -hmm. Maybe it doesn't, but maybe in some it does. Mm -hmm. And if I take that away, I personally know that it's gone. Yeah. 
but the average listener probably doesn't know that it's gone. Mm-hmm. But what, like, whenever you take that away for a second, then they, if they've heard the original, then they might, they might notice it or maybe they won't, but every single one of those layers is so important. And so, yeah, the lyrics are important, but the instrumentation is just as important. And so that's why I love that. What you were talking about earlier about just like historically with music in the church, how we have these, these lyrics, but we're able to match it and change the mood based off of the instrumentation. Yeah, absolutely. And it's it's really true. It's huge. You're you're you can have the most powerful lyrics, but if your music and instrumentation doesn't match what you're saying, then the mood changes. Mm-hmm. Your lyrics kind of I don't want to say don't matter, but your lyrics don't have as much weight as they originally did. Absolutely. And I liken your your image of the the layers of your instrumentation and the lyrics, you know, you you could have you know, sections of vocal lines, you know, doing, right. doing harmonic lines along with what's going on. It doesn't even have to be the whole verse, just specific words, right. specific syllables that have a, a harmonic, you know, oh, oh, you know, like you yeah. weren't expecting that. And then you have all the guitar lines, all the piano lines, all the, the rhythmic lines. That is just like a conductor score, you know, a, mm-hmm. a piece of paper that is a roadmap of what's going on vertically and you have this horizontal musical line that that everyone remembers the right. lyrics everyone remembers the melody you know i can sing bum 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 but can anyone sing the harmony right you know what i mean <laughs> yeah. you know what i mean you know there's all there's all that to it with with classical music and, and modern worship music, there's such this emphasis on the horizontal that sometimes the, the vertical gets lost. But right. to the creator, it's extremely important. And you're right. It If the creator notices that it's gone, that's a big deal. Right. Like, I feel like that's such... That just shows so much intentionality by the creator. Wouldn't, wouldn't you agree? Yeah, I mm-hmm. do agree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And with my, like, with my own music, how I kind of start is I do start with basic chords. Mm -hmm. Sometimes. Recently, it's been changing. Um, Mm -hmm. Sometimes it it will look like me sitting in front of my piano and just, like, playing chords until I feel something that conveys a message using those chords. But notice that the lyrics aren't just there and then I find the chords, I think find mm-hmm. those chords first and based on how it sounds the mood that it um i guess reflects mm-hmm. then that helps me to be able to create lyrics that match it yep. and so there will be times and they're very very scarce times and rare but there will be times that i'll just be doing the most random things like um driving or um, going to sleep or doing <laughs> dishes, like yeah. super, like, you know, just normal things. And all of a sudden, like, I don't know what it'll be. And it'll just be a line and it'll hit me like that. Like, this is it. And so mm-hmm. I will record it on my phone, like super duper fast, go to sleep, continue driving, mm-hmm. continue, uh, cleaning dishes, whatever it may be. And then I kind of like have to piece it together, but it's never a full song that mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. happens with the lyrics. And so I don't know, artists that can do that all the power to you yeah, but it's <laughs> it's so hard it's so hard yeah. for me because yeah those those chords that i'm playing although they're like very simple chords it conveys a meaning just by changing one note in it it, mm-hmm. it changes it completely and so i've really begun to find i guess began to find just a beauty in that process and so mm-hmm. now you know going through that recording process and seeing also like the layers begin to be added and sitting there for hours and going, okay, what, what does this song need? Like, what can we add? And then hearing how it adds or doesn't add and Mm -hmm. certain elements like that, it has allowed me to realize, wow, every single aspect of this song, there was time put into it. Mm -hmm. There was so much listening and ear fatigue (laughs) that went into that to make sure that sure. Just like the lyrics were having, having meaning Mm -hmm. but also that my instrumentation was matching that but i i will say i think something that we do struggle with nowadays and i would even say sometimes we are quick to do it in worship music too which is why 
as a Christian artist, I, I say Christian artist very loosely, but, um, that in general, like I need to be aware of. And I think musicians just need to be aware of is we're so good at creating lyrics that don't mean anything at all. Wow. Um, yeah. And, and it's a huge problem. It is so easy. It would be so easy if I just listened to every, like a huge playlist of Christian music, I can find specific words or phrases that are used a lot. And those Mm -hmm. can be very powerful phrases. Those have a purpose. I, in some of my songs, I have those phrases in my songs, but if I just created a simple song, I have that, like maybe that one line and everything else just doesn't even match, doesn't even go with it. I guarantee that a lot of people would still go, wow, that had a really great meaning Mm -hmm. because it's just a Christian song. And you know, Mm -hmm. here we go. Mm -hmm. Same with I find this more often than not actually in like secular music more often than I do in Christian music, just because it's, I mean, it's so easy to just slap lyrics on a song and call it good. You say Mm -hmm. something about a boy or a girl or a random word that doesn't exist and people eat all of it up and think like, oh my gosh, this is the best song. Mm -hmm. And that can kind of be frustrating at the same time because you look at these artists that are huge success mm-hmm. are having huge success and like making millions off of their songs and it doesn't mean anything yeah. and so that's why it is so important if i write a song and it doesn't make sense then what is the point of me writing it um because my goal behind my music is that like yeah i want people to not only create like create an emotion and feel an emotion based on the music itself but then also to f- like be able to leave with a message, whether it's conviction or whether it's more feelings with that emotion of sadness or happiness Mm -hmm. or praise. Like all of that is so important to me. And so, I don't know, that's kind of my little process. Yeah. And that, I mean, that is very similar to my process when it comes to composing. And again, I, I come from a more classical approach. Right. Um, but I, I can't say <laughs> Mozart, you know, would be able to say about his music. It is all composed in my head. I just need right. to write it down. You know, that, that's not that's not the process that that I have. There will be bits and pieces that come out of time. In fact, I mean, I can distinctly recall having a moment where I could not fall asleep and I pulled out my phone and played on the little dinky piano yeah and melodic line I was like that's what I want scribbled it down on some staff paper went to bed and the next day like just worked and worked and worked on that little that little fragment right but it was that fragment that was the spark of the whole thing and so like those moments are really cool to have as as a rising artist as a rising musician so on and so forth. Those are the things that like, okay, this is this is why I do this mm-hmm. type of thing. Um, but when you when you get in in the thick of it, and when you see other people, you know, supposedly cranking out song after song or, or piece after piece after right. piece, and like, where is that coming from? And then you look at the substance of what they're making. It's kind of like, oh, yeah, right, exactly. Makes sense now because you're you know, for me. I try to be very, very intentional, and the piece that that I've been working on, I started a mass of my own, a Catholic mass of my own. Wow! In 2014. Oh my gosh! And the spark for that, you know, was to dedicate it to a friend of mine, and you know, I had the little beginning, opening passage, and never went anything from there like it it died once school started that fall mm-hmm. and it got kind of pushed to the bottom the back burner i knew i always wanted to get it done freshman year college rolls around that would be fall 2019 so <laughs> 5 years has passed at this point and i was like i need to bring that back didn't bring it back at all right. i knew it was still there but i was like i can't do anything about this now but come this past summer of 2022 it was like all right now is the time to buckle town and now 
I have further reason and further knowledge, further education in musical stuff that like I never would have dreamed of being able to do in 2014, in 2019, in 2021. Right. You know, all this, all these experiences, all these um, musical, you know, just repertoire in general, just a, a broadened horizon of what I've experienced musically have all contributed to this like there there are pieces that um really have shaped like okay this is this is the style that i really really enjoy mm-hmm. um listening to and i'm not going to you know copy paste like this but there is going to be a significant influence here that's what the greatest composers ever did you know even to to quote isaac newton all of my work is done on the shoulders of the giants before me. Right. You know, he, he imagined himself just just adding himself on top of the shoulders mm-hmm. of the work that have already had been done. And he was able to grasp just so much more. And what do we have today? Isaac Newton gets all the credit <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> for everything. But, you know, that's you see it with John Williams and Star Wars, Harry Potter, and all these films, Indiana Jones, all these great film scores but he ripped off so many classical composers to do that he stood on the shoulders of the giants before him you know almost the no names before him Mm -hmm. to most people and i think for me like i try to i try to incorporate that in my music but it's also again through the lens of worship that like these people were writing worship music as well it wasn't just being hoity-toity and like look at the classical music i just made you know it wasn't it wasn't about just that it it legitimately was an act of worship for them that has just stood the test of time and so for me i like i almost want to consider what i'm doing remixing the mass yeah that's good so i think you know i'm gonna i'll play a couple of clips just for you to hear now to give you an idea of okay this is like you have the all the layers you're talking about. It's for chorus, string orchestra, and organ. Mm. So it's very almost stereotypical instrumentation that like Bach would have used or Vivaldi, something like that. But each movement, each each particular piece and the text associated with that piece has a very distinct mood to mm-hmm. it and out of the six movements like you can just tell from the opening bars like okay we're going on a unique journey right with this text these are the opening bars from 2014 wow and right about here is where the pen stopped flowing for a long time And I really do think that a lot of artistry is about a process of revision. Right, absolutely. Very simple choral part here. The text, Kyrie eleison, Lord have mercy. Then we get into something else, something very classical sounding. And that's the opening of movement one and the whole piece. Wow. And then you get into something else. Let me see, you know, buckle up type of piece mm-hmm. in, in the classical realm. It's not the most aesthetically pleasing to our, I don't want to say basic, but our very simplistic chord progressions yeah but again like the music just has such an effect yeah on the soul and when you like you could almost say like the text with this laudamus te glorificamus te talking to god like i praise you i i give you glory 
but it almost is like from a perspective of confusion anguish that's a good yeah you know. I agree with that mm-hmm. like you're really not sure where it's going or if you're if what you're saying even is going anywhere right All of that is is completely original. There's no there's no influence That's from amazing. anyone in particular. But this last one um, is based off of several composers that I deeply admire, like Rachmaninoff, uh, mm-hmm. Prokofiev. These are these are big uh, Russian composers that have a lot of piano repertoire, symphonic literature, so on and so forth. Um, but the way that I I use their specifically their piano pieces mm-hmm. and put it for orchestra the, the strings and the organ and the chorus like to me that is just such an act of creativity to go yeah. beyond you know the the 88 keys on the piano that they were working with that they envisioned okay this is what i want this to sound like and now we're expanding it to you know almost a full orchestra That just gives you a little sneak peek, I guess, a little tidbit. Yeah, it's all good. Oh, thank you. Just an idea of okay, this is this is not just like me composing for the sake of composing or right. me imitating for the sake of imitating. Right. There, there is intentionality behind it. Like, there's you can even almost play into the stereotypes. Like Rachmaninoff was had enormous hands and therefore played big powerful chords and just could you know rock your world from the piano right rock Monanoff, rock your world haha <laughs> um but that power to say sanctus 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 you know holy 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 you know what right. what power what more powerful statements can you say to have the music there with it you know the music was there before right you know the lyrics were added by me at a later date so the lyrics are just intensifying that in in my perspective right so when when it comes to just like rising christian artists rising christian composers where do you see the direction do you see like a shift at all or at least a more conscientiousness to what we've talked about this episode or what Um, are your thoughts on that yeah i i think specifically within christian music and christian artists now i I do think there has i guess been that shift of like you know simple chords you're i mean you're right they are simple chords they're Mm -hmm. incredibly simple chords um and i think for a while in Christian music, at least, I think that it was like everything sounded the same. Mm-hmm. And that's not mm-hmm. a dog on those artists or, mm-hmm. or anything. It just, it did. And um, mm-hmm. it, it was all the stuff you'd hear on the radio. Everything yep. sounded the same. Mm-hmm. And it's because we use the same chords. <laughs> we use the same, that, I mean, think about it. Like that's the reason why we have, we have these very simple pads that we'll use in church services because the chords are so simple mm-hmm. that it's like, it's going to match it. Right. You know, and exactly. And and it's easy to play. Very easy to play, which mm-hmm. which can be absolutely great whenever mm-hmm. you're in a corporate worship setting. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, all the Christian music sounded the same. And I think recently, I would say in the last like three years or so, mm-hmm. I think artists are starting to say, I want to change the way this sounds. 
Like I want to change every single part of it. And so that's why, I mean, even, even the lyrics are changing. Like, I mean, Brandon Lake just released an entire album about mental health, Mm. but it's Mm -hmm. a Christian album. Like, Mm -hmm. and so you can, I mean, the elements that he uses within his music, the chains that he uses as a repeated, like a repetitive, like, um, I don't know, metaphor of Mm -hmm. just, you know, Mm -hmm. sin and shackles and chains. And it's amazing. And Mm -hmm. that's not something you would have heard a while ago. Or you have Christian artists that are more indie. There's a guy um, named Lovekin. His music is very, very indie. And so that plays with some different instrumentation. Mm -hmm. And that's huge. Like we don't, we just don't see that often. So I think, Mm -hmm. and maybe, maybe people don't, necessarily pay attention to all of those different artists but um i i definitely do um mm-hmm. i think those are the artists that are trying to change what that stereotype was for a yeah. while yeah. because really like i mean as far as christian music goes i really think after a while people started saying because i would hear it all the time like oh it just sounds the same so i don't really want to listen to it mm. and so immediately when you say like oh yeah i write christian music i think even now people still wow. assume it's going to same yeah. like sound the same yeah and so yeah i think now there's been a shift and in, in recent years and i think mm-hmm. people are even going back to look at even more historical things i don't think everyone's doing that but i think I think some artists are looking at more historical element, elements of like, what did the early church start with? Oh yeah. Like what are they, yep. how did their music sound? Cause I mean, in some, some aspects it might've been simple word wise. It might've been very simple, but that mm-hmm. doesn't mean it loses any power. Right. And so I think, I really do think that there is this new transition into some awesome Christian music. And I'm, mm-hmm very very excited to see that oh yeah um and hopefully we begin to see that in a corporate worship setting as well mm-hmm. i'm just like you know like we can play songs that don't sound like your typical sunday morning song sure. but like that does not mean that it is not glorifying to the lord mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. i would even say within my own music with this album that i'm working on right now my goal with it is literally to push through every single barrier that christian music has sound wise like not set the lyrics aside for a second i hopefully my lyrics are powerful and Mm -hmm. and i pray through that but specifically the sound i i have really looked at like can i make a sound that you know maybe it sounds a little bit more um like dark Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. dark instrumentation wise not necessarily lyric wise yeah but to just create those heavy feelings or like Mm -hmm. a haunting haunting sound can i make that Mm -hmm. and so or like can i look at pop artists and go i really like what they did um i'm gonna try to do the same thing in my music Mm -hmm. so this next like this album that i'm working on right now it's just a whole i don't know it is a collage of different sounds and different styles in every single song and so i love that because i don't want to just be oh milano's all of milano's music sounds the same and mm-hmm. my producer is one of the reasons that my music does sound so different and i'm very very grateful for that but um even the last time that i was down in nashville recording um one of my producer's friends had heard us recording and was like you know what kind of music is like what's milano's style like what is she trying to go for right now mm. and he was like well you know I think she's really just trying to like push through all of the styles. Like, I think that's kind of what yeah. she's trying to do. And mm. um, mm. it's been really cool and weird and challenging to create all those yeah. different styles. And I, those are the styles like that I think are becoming more popular in Christian music. So mm-hmm. I know that was a really long response no, to your yeah. question, but yeah, I, I think there's a shift and I think that it could potentially be a really good shift. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I and I, there are a lot of worship leadership majors at at my school um, that are along the same sentiment. You know, yeah. they they firmly, or maybe not firmly, but they do treasure hymns, like the text of the hymns and yeah. how each chord changed, and they used so many chords yeah. <laughs> as yeah. well in those hymns. And they're like, first off we are also like, we're not just 
uh, worship pastors who need volunteers. Like that's not what we're training to be. We need to be trained uh, theologically. And we also need to be trained musically. Like their appreciation for music theory, like I'm amazed. Yeah. And you see that in their work. Like once they're educated in the music theory, like, whoa, you're using a chord that doesn't belong to the key. Whoa, yeah. you know, yeah. whoa, you know, and that, that to them is like, because they've just grown up hearing the same stuff. Like yeah. you, sometimes you can't help that, but exposing, broadening themselves to something more sonically is, has been really, really cool for their work. And even like, I may ask you to touch on this a little bit, but even yeah. non-musical elements in author of life you have a very very distinct moment yeah in author of life that strictly speaking is non-musical can you go into that a little bit yeah so yeah um so in author of life i decided well it it was definitely like a team effort as far as deciding what should what should be in this little space we had a little space in the song um and we're like well we could do an instrumental um I feel like it needs more. And so my producer was like, what if we put somebody preaching? And for me, I was like, okay, I don't want to just have anybody preaching in my song. Like Mm -hmm. I want it to be personal and intentional. And Mm -hmm. so, um, my great grandfather is a pastor in Branson, Missouri. And (laughs) so I literally looked up one of his live streams and screen recorded it. And that is in my song and what's so great about it is you cannot sit and listen to the song one time and completely hear everything that he says um Mm. you have to listen to it a couple times and the most important phrases stick out yeah um and so like the fact that i can add that into my music is huge Mm -hmm. like i i have Mm -hmm. a song that i just recently recorded and it's literally the most we have these little tiny random snippets and it's just like my producer saying something random or me like laughing and it's in the song because it's just like the song is fun. Like why not add it? Like other things can, we can turn it into music and make it just as powerful. And what's intriguing is I have noticed that that is something a lot of people are still trying to get on board with. It has been incredibly, there have been several um, stations Mm -hmm. that have like told me, Hey, we love your song, but um, because you have, somebody speaking it in your song or because we can't hear everything um we can't have it on air because we don't think people will like it you Hmm. know what i mean isn't that a crazy a crazy thing to think like people are really deciding what a whole sea of people might actually you know take away sure yeah just because it's a voice that's speaking but it was one of those things where it's like no i'm not i'm not going to change it for you i'm not no, there's no I'm not going to change it for that. you because yeah. that is such an important part of the song. And if I take that away, I personally feel like something very serious is missing in that song. Besides the fact that it is my great grandfather, it needed mm-hmm. it. That's what it needed. It needed a like a voice mm-hmm. and like speaking and mm-hmm. it was perfect. It fit it so perfectly. Mm-hmm. And yeah, even that's kind of becoming a new thing and some, some artists are doing and mm-hmm. I, I love it. I'm all, I'm all here for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, thank you, Milana. I, unless something comes up <laughs> uh, within the next 30 seconds that <laughs> I think of, um, it's been great just to hear your thoughts, to, to hear your heart about, you know, mm-hmm. where you came from and where you're at now. And, oh, I guess I will say this. Um, because we've looked at the past and we've looked at the present, I almost imagine that a lot of our tendencies, just as society in general, is is much like a pendulum. We we go back and forth. We go this way and that way in a very two-dimensional way where, you know, you lean this way for so long, it rests up here and then it swings back over. You see this all the time. Right. Could it be possible that instead of like, coming to rest here in the middle, like settling for this compromise? What if we just completely shifted directions anyway? And then this pendulum became three-dimensional. Yeah. Like the amount, just mathematically speaking, 
when you go from two-dimensional to three-dimensional, you have opened a whole new world. Absolutely. You have opened a whole new, you know, dimension of, of direction. You've opened, you know, okay, I can go beyond just as far left as I want to go. What if I go left and backward, Mm -hmm. left and forward? And when you do that, you'll never be as far left as you, as it could have been. Right. Because you're always going in almost in a circular direction back around towards the middle. So do you see like in your own work or just like even in the short little clips that you heard of my music, some of that, like you, you mentioned breaking sound barriers. Yeah. Do you liken that to the same illustration of we're not going to do this back and forth anymore? Yeah, absolutely. It literally feels like you're like shattering all that people known mm-hmm. of what music should sound like. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, like that's even apparent in in your music that you were just showing us of of creating something that maybe isn't the typical like mass but you're right Mm -hmm. it's remixing the mass it it, it, that's what it is and so the same with my music it's you know let me push past that barrier let me like break through this mold let me let me really uh you know break the fourth wall as Mm -hmm. they say Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. really doing the unexpected and i think at first that makes people go what Mm -hmm. but once you kind of get used to it or you're listening to that more then it becomes a lot more normal and so Mm -hmm. i definitely think that's a possibility in both of our music. And I think that's a possibility in a lot of artists today. Yeah, for sure. Well, I think that wraps it up for me. I'm, I'm looking at the time. Oh boy. I hope you all sat through this one. It's a good one, <laughs> folks. It's a good one. Um, but it's been great having you on this show. Um, Thank you for this, having me. You're very welcome. Um, this little fledgling show that i'm sure we have our loyal listeners and i encourage you to share it with friends you know um milana if i may ask can i post some of your music as like some outro yeah absolutely okay cool so you'll hear a little bit of milana's music as we sign off i'm hayden pyle i'm milana hainline thanks for joining us today on podcast pastor To make this life my own thing I thought that I was invited to your making And I used blessings just for my glory I changed directions to fit my story But I would fall I had lost it all I could see your name written on the page You are the author of life You're my savior, my guide You're my everything You put the light in the stars You're my painter, my artist and worshiping You are my hope in the darkness Your mercy, kindness, and over. Everything. And you put the light in the stars
This episode was produced by your host, Hayden Pyle, and you can find more episodes on major podcast streaming services. Thanks for supporting this endeavor by faithfully listening and encouraging others to listen as well. As we end today's episode, ponder these thoughts and seek to apply them, because as we walk with Christ, one foot forward is progress. Until next time, I'm Hayden Pyle, and thanks for joining me in this reconsideration of Christianity. Christianity.